This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Brandon Kelly. He's the head honcho at Craft CMS, the world's least worst content management system. He lives in outdoorsy Bend, Oregon, despite his preference to be hunched over a computer, and he'd rather not learn the definition of a millennial out of fear that he is one. Brandon, are you ready to take us to the top? Ready when you are. All right. So wait, are you a millennial? How old are you? I don't know. 32. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows what the title is? But tell us about Pixel and Tonic. What's the business doing? How do you make money? Yeah, so we make a content management system called Craft CMS. We sell it to web agencies that tend to use it to buy, uh, to create lots of websites. Uh, and we just charge for the licenses. So it's a pretty simple business model. So, is it, I mean, would you consider this a pure play SaaS business or are there other revenue streams? Uh, yeah, it's not SaaS. So it's actually on premise software. So mm-hmm. people are buying the software licenses directly. Uh, well, that, are, then, are they paying those yearly though, or is it a one time license? One-time license for now. Uh, we're actually changing a lot of things up this year, uh, moving to one-time license fee, but recurring uh, fees for updates uh, yearly. Um, and then we're also introducing a plugin store. We're going to take revenue on that and um, you know, getting into various services and stuff as well. So this is tough. One-time licensing is tough. You know, They buy it once and you have to support them for life. And uh, your cost structure can get all out of whack when you do that. I mean, how would you manage driving new sales knowing that you don't have anything recurring? So... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's actually kind of works out to be recurring because the people we're selling to make lots of websites. So it's one-time fee per website that they make. Uh, and if 90% of our agency or customers are agencies, then, um, you know, assuming they make a website maybe once every, you know, few months, uh, then it ends up in the long run working out kind of like a subscription. Okay. Um, that said, like, it's definitely, uh, you know, we're insane for picking this model. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works why, itself why out. did you pick it? Because that was the world we came from. We came from another CMS ecosystem that also charged one-time licenses. Um, The company was actually started building plugins for that other ecosystem. uh, And those were kind of following the same revenue model as well. Um, And so it was just kind of the obvious, the obvious approach to take. Um, In hindsight, it was, we should have put a little more thought into it. Interesting. And what year was that? When did you launch this company full-time? 2010. 2010. Okay. So kind of came from an agency or you were building plugins. You then said, okay, we have this software development muscle. We have it in house. We can build our own thing. Let's do our own thing. Launch at 2010 one-time licenses. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and on, do me a sense of general size here. So on average, what are customers paying for the, for one of these licenses? Uh, so we've got on average, probably selling about 200 and $60 a license. We have a $200 license and a $300 license. Okay. And why are people picking? I mean, when people think CMS that are listening to my show, I think most of them will immediately just think WordPress, right? So why are mm-hmm. people paying you over just using WordPress? So WordPress is definitely the elephant. Um, they run like 27% of the web. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts. Um, it's, it's not built for bespoke websites. So 
inevitably, if people do a lot of development with WordPress, they get to a point where they just are tired of fighting with all these built-in themes. And, you know, um, like eventually the, the site design requirements get to a point where it'd just be easier to write everything themselves. Uh, and that's kind of where crap steps in. So we're targeting, we're not targeting regular bloggers. We're targeting people that are really, you know, have the budget for building bespoke websites and, you know, custom designs and custom content models and all that kind of stuff. Um, so and so eventually they get to that point. And, so second question, second question on that. So most people will think, well, if I want a highly designed website, WordPress doesn't work, I'll go to Squarespace. So why would people pick you over Squarespace? Because I'm so specifically talking about custom designs. So we're targeting websites that need custom branding where like picking a template from Squarespace doesn't, wouldn't cut it. I see. Um, and how are you helping them then? So, so are you helping them to like drag and drop together without having to code? I mean, how are you helping yeah, them? It's, no, it's, it's actually though. So primarily it's a developer tool. So we're selling to agencies that have the in-house talent for writing out their own HTML and their own CSS and, and really building the website from the ground up using our platform. So our platform comes in and, uh, gives them a really easy tool for defining the content models. So if you want a, a news section, then you can create that within the CMS. You can define what types of fields that news section is going to have uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then it has a templating system where you can go in and bring your own HTML and CSS and pull from pull from that content in various ways and kind of create, build, build your website out from that angle. And give me a general sense of the success you've had to date, right? How many folks, you know, how many customers are you serving? Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, we've got about 6,000 active customers. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and that's, and that's sort of developers. So, you know, as far as like who's actually using the CMS, it's probably much broader, but we yep. don't have any sense of that. Yeah. So six, so can I say this differently over the past seven years, you've mm-hmm. sold 6,000 developers, uh, yeah. on average, a $260 license fee. Uh, yeah, that's great. So that's, you know, I mean, that's 1.5 million bucks in revenue there for you. So that's healthy. Yeah. Well, that was, that was, uh, about what we did last year. Actually, okay. Right there. So help me. Okay, good. So you're, you're, why is my math wrong then? It should be way bigger than that, right? Um, in reality, yeah. I mean, like over the full stretch of the CMS, it's been a lot more than 1.5 million. Um, so those, but, but what I'm saying is, are those, is that because of what you articulated earlier? Those 6,000 are buying, you know, on average, maybe once per year at 260 bucks a pop. That's why over the past 12 months, it's 1.5. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so the 6,000, um, that's that's basically the community size. We have sold about about six thousand licenses total, uh, or to unique people. Uh, six thousand unique people in the past. Um, but a lot in, of in your building, life for the past twelve months. In in the duration of the product. Okay. Um, a lot of our six thousand developers. That six thousand is being used twice here. Um, the community size is about six thousand active developers. We also have about six thousand unique customers over the duration of the product. Um, if that makes any sense. Uh, and a lot of these developers um, build free sites is the difference. So we don't actually charge for every single license you can get. Um, that's just for like the the higher end license. Okay, interesting. So, okay, but if I so if I generally though back into like a rate, I'm trying to understand kind of growth. Mm-hmm. You, you, over the past 12 months, you've sold 6,000 licenses to either your community or developers at a two, between 200 and 300 bucks, and that's where you get the 1.5 from. Yeah, I'm actually not sure what the unique uh, customer base was for just last year. Okay. Um, what are you growing that so, at though year over year? Would you say, is it doubling? About, is it, it's about 25% growth. And you're, are you bootstrapped? Totally bootstrapped. Yeah. Right, it's a great business then. Yeah. Are yeah you, we're really happy. Are you sole founder? I am. Got So you have hundred percent of the company. 
I do. That's wonderful. So what's the, I mean, what's your vision with this thing? I mean, you're building a great life for yourself. Uh, you can, you can, you know, high margin business, take it to the bottom line or reinvest it, do other things. I mean, how do you manage this? By the way, this is a, I know it's sensitive. This is a question though. Every founder who's bootstrapped at this scale deals with how much do I pull out to make myself money basically versus what do I put in? Cause they go, the best return I have in my life is my business. How do you make that decision? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in that camp. So I'll, you know, I, I, I'm living comfortably. Uh, I won't say I'm not, but um, but I'm definitely focused on trying to grow the business. Um, I'm really invested in it personally, just from like a you know this is my work. Um, I've got a team of ten people now. Where are you guys uh, based? And we are we're based out of Bend, Oregon. Oh, everyone's so everyone's Oregon. in Bend. Uh, I mean, everyone I know is. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and then we've got three developers that are remote as well. Okay. And, and so tell me more about how you're finding these customers to sell. What's your customer acquisition strategy look like? A lot of it's word of mouth. Um, you know, basically we build a product that, that developers get really excited about and then they naturally end up going on Twitter and talking about it and, you know, telling their friends about it and go to a new agency and tell the agency they need to start using it. Um, so that's a lot of it. Um, we've been experimenting with various marketing ideas we sponsor a lot of conferences that seem like they make sense like uh, for the tell me the last one after. Uh, so the last one is uh designing content conference which is one that's put on by a guy named steve fisher in vancouver okay um we did that and then pixel pioneers by uh someone in the uk um was another one that we did recently and are these like are we talking i mean it's like five to ten thousand bucks a pop kind of deal yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like up to 15, maybe 20. Um, I think we're looking at sponsoring, um, one called confab pretty soon. Uh, that's a pretty popular content strategy conference. Uh, so that's, that's a big part of it is just kind of trying to reach people that way. Do they get good returns for you? Do you track that? Or you just trust that being there is good for the brand? Yeah, we just, it's honestly like, there's no way to track the returns (laughs) we've tried. Um, so we just kind of trust that it's working out for us and it does like we do, like we do get plenty of anecdotal evidence anyway, that it, that it means something. I know that many of you have thought about launching your own online courses to help sell more of your software and other products. But a lot of you guys haven't started myself included, to be honest, it's too much work. You got to have a landing page builder plus web hosting probably some video hosting. You have to dabble around in WordPress. You have to mess with an e-commerce system, membership plugins. If you want to get fancy, even affiliate software, the fact is it's too complicated. Now, all of this recently changed for me when I had the CEO of Thinkific on my show. You see, for many years, I've been building this content that I call the eight empires, but I've never been able to monetize it because I couldn't find an easy way to put it up and deal with members and consumption of the content. Well, it took me about 23 minutes to put this content up inside of my Thinkific course, which is great because I can then put that course right on my website. So here's what I did. I saw how easy it was. I then went live on Facebook. I drove two sales and 97 bucks each. And I was like, okay, wow, this works. I want to strike a deal with a CEO. So that's what I did. Any of you guys can use Thinkific today for one month, totally free on the business plan. Everyone else, if they go to the regular website, they pay 99 bucks for that. But to start and launch your own course, totally free for that first month, go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Thinkific. You'll also get 
owe over about $1,000 in other goodies that they make other people pay for. So go to nathanmichael.com forward slash thinkific. All you have to do is put in your email, click agree, and then take the next steps to rock and roll. I'll see you there. And before you know it, you'll have your online course launched and making sales. That's nathanmichael.com forward slash thinkific. Back to your question, though. I'm going to make up a scenario. Well, first off, sure. you have 10 people. You do a little bit of market. Do you do any direct paid spend each month? Facebook, Google ads, things like that? Just we've dabbled in it. That's it. Okay. So, I mean, I'm assuming you're outside of the salaries, outside of your rent, outside mm-hmm. of whatever you pay yourself. I mean, you're taking a lot of this capital to the bottom line. At the end of every year, let's say if I'm making this up, let's say 400 hits the bottom line, 400 grand. How do you decide mm-hmm. whether to take that 400 for yourself and invest it in whatever real estate in Bend, Oregon versus putting it back <laughs> into the company? Uh, so we've actually, we try and keep at least a 15% margin going back into the company. Okay. And then as of last year, we introduced a new profit sharing plan. So I'm actually giving it right back to the, to the employees. That's really great. So 15, so if you, if you bring, if you bring, you know, you know, 15% of whatever you bring to the bottom line, you're putting right back into the business. The rest, it's a profit sharing plan. Tell me how you came up with this, the profit sharing. We have a, we have an agency that we use that does like all of our financial stuff. And they actually kind of helped us model this. Um, and basically, like, I I forget the exact numbers, but the, the idea is once it gets over 15%, then, like, a certain percentage of that goes into a pool, and that pool gets to be split up depending on how long people have been at the company and all that kind of stuff. It's really great. So, so let me, I mean, do you have any, I mean, you're built a comfortable life. Are you doing, are you doing anything actively right now to morph this into kind of a more predictable revenue stream so you can reinvest yes. more? Okay. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, so the big thing is the licensing change We're we're moving away from one-off licensing. So, uh, for example, if you spend $300 on a license, uh, today, uh, then a year from now you'd be due for another paying 60 bucks again for more updates. Um, then beyond that, we also have a commerce product that is kind of the same model, but higher numbers. So $1,000 and $200 to renew. Uh, and then the big thing is we're introducing, um, you know, this plugin store where we're going to start taking a 20% revenue cut from all the plugin sales that, that go on there. Um, as Why well as will developers be incentivized to build for your plugin store when you serve a relatively small market of 6,000 compared to like a WordPress? Yeah, I mean, they, they already exist. So it's uh, like that, that part of the chicken and egg problem is already solved. Um, most of the plugins that exist come from agencies that needed them for their own purposes. So, um, you know, someone needs, uh, a really customized forming form plugin, then they write it because they needed it. And once they've written it, they kind of offset the cost that it took to build it by releasing it for commercially to the rest of the community. So it's not, you know, it's no WordPress, but uh, we do expect once the plugin store hits and some of these plugin developers feel more incentivized to actually charge for their work, uh, we'll probably have a good handful, you know, 20 people or so that are making, you know, hopefully close to a living wage off of their work. Uh, so we'll see. Interesting. Now, why have you made the decision to kind of figure out this transition yourself versus saying, you know what, we've built a great asset as a great base. Maybe what I should do is go sell this thing for two and a half million bucks, right? Give, you know, 20 grand bonus checks to each of the employees. It's yeah. 200 grand and take the rest for myself and then reinvest it in the next thing. You know, yeah. Content management system space is crazy. Um, it is not an easy space to, to do well in, to turn a profit in. Um, most of our competition is free. Uh, which, you know, puts a interesting challenge on our plates right off the bat. We've got to convince people to actually spend money on something that they're used to getting for free. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart. 
Um, and so you don't think, think you would sell it for two and a half? Is that what I'm hearing you say? I, you know what? It's not even. It's not even that. It's more like we are we are invested in, it in more than just our time. Like we, like it takes a lot of effort to get to this point with within this space mm-hmm. uh, where you actually can have. Like I don't know if there are any other independent CMSs that have a team of ten people right now. Um, you know, you mean because uh, you're so we, small and efficient. No, I mean like uh, like excluding the uh, the enterprise CMSs. Most CMSs are done by one or two or three people on the side of their day job, you know. And so the fact that we've been able to fund a ten person company full time working on this thing uh, is unheard of for the most part within our realm. Wait, so back to my question though, Brian. So you're saying yeah. tough space, really hard. It's used to being yeah. free. So if you've you got really well, the reason the reason we've done it really well is because we we believe in it in like this way that's just kind of insane. Um, so I, like, I don't think that we could come to terms with selling it because we put so much of our own work into it. Um, maybe down the road, eventually that would come, like there might be some weird situation where it makes sense. I mean, Uh, what if it's like a HubSpot, right? Where they immediately introduce you to a million, two million creatives fairly rapidly and, and you get way more distribution fast. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's part of its ego, maybe. Uh, I want to own it, you know? I want to... Well, it's, make your ego feel feel pretty nice to say you sold for two and a half million bucks. Yeah, I would. Um, and you're young. You're re- you reinvesting plow. By the way, I'm just curious. I'm pushing you one yeah. way just to hear your counter arguments just because I'm curious how you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, it's just, it's been a big personal investment. Um, it's been, it's been a fun project. We own, we, we have really good relationships with all of our customers. Uh, and I don't know, right now there's just zero motivation to change any of that. You yeah. know, we want to, we want to continue growing it. We have a lot of different ideas for how we can grow it. Um, you know, we want to get it as large as we can on our own. But, um, I think, I think that I guess more exposure for the sake of it is not what we're looking for. Um, yeah, there's potentially avenues where we could introduce it to tons more people. Um, but then that would kind of screw with like the tight knit community we currently have the, the nice steady growth we have that we're actually enjoying. Um, you know, it's, it would just be a totally different world that like, I don't think any of us are emotionally, thinking about right makes, now makes sense brandon makes good sense let's yeah. wrap up here let's wrap up with the famous five number one what's the last business book you read yeah i don't okay don't make one up say I none don't, i don't read a ton so um at least on business books uh i could tell you the next business book i want to read is one called uh technically wrong by sarah watcher botcher okay good technically wrong number two is there a ceo you're following or studying there in bend oregon in bend oregon no uh, I actually am not, I'm not too tied into the, to the CEO community here. Number, th- number three, what's your, what's your favorite online tool to build your business? I, so paper by Dropbox probably comes to mind. Yep. Number it's a really cool tool. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five to six. Okay. That's pretty healthy. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? Married with three kids. Three kids. Holy mackerel. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. My gosh. Okay. Last question. Take us back eight years. What do you wish your 20 year old? I'm sorry. I'm 32. 30. It's been a while. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you said earlier you were above 30. Yeah. Okay. 32, three kids married, five and a half hours of sleep. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? What do I wish? I knew, um, man, that you're not, that you're not the God's greatest gift to mankind. 
<laughs> and and don't take that joy ride in the Mini Cooper when you the day after you buy it, I guess. There you guys have it. You are not God's greatest gift to mankind. He started with an agency, did really, really well. 2010, went out, launched his own thing in Bend, Oregon. Brandon now has a team of 10 people, highly incentivized bootstrap, serving over 6,000 customers. Tight-knit community, paying between 200 and 300 bucks licensing fees, basically, for their CMS. $1.5 million in revenue about last year. Has a great profit-sharing plan for employees, uh, which obviously incentivizes the whole team. Again, he has in full control being bootstrapped. Love what he's building tough space. Brandon, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.